This is Scott Becker with the Becker's Healthcare Podcast. I'm thrilled today to be joined by one of the brightest chief strategy officers in the business, Tatiana Pavkova. Tatiana is the chief strategy officer at Rush University Health System and a brilliant person. She's going to talk to us about how is strategy evolving post-COVID, what is she seeing, what are some of her thoughts, what's some of her advice also for emerging professional leaders, particularly women leaders. Tatiana, can you take a moment to introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about how is strategy evolving post-COVID? What are you seeing? Sure. Scott, thank you for having me back, and thank you for your question. Um, you know, I um, joined Rush now two and a half years ago, and you can tell that healthcare has changed, not only in Chicago, but for all of us in the United States. So to answer the second part of your question, I strongly believe that the macro trends we saw pre-pandemic have not really changed. Stating that, COVID-19, at least I believe, accelerated some, like telehealth, you know, hospital, acute hospital, and care at home. At Rush, we were already on the path of building such capabilities along the continuum. But now, post-COVID, we're just doubling down on these efforts. What I think, though, is different. Go ahead, Scott. Go ahead. But, but starting with the acceleration of telehealth and hospital at home, and mm-hmm. just really the acceleration of those rather than necessarily new, new things, but a huge acceleration of them, it now talks about some of the things that you see that are different. Yeah. So I think what is different um, is that, you know, diversification of our delivery assets and revenue streams is now on the forefront for us. You know, in the past, the majority of our top line, our revenue, probably would be generated in the inpatient setting. Uh, you know, close to 60 to 80% of our revenues came from the inpatient um, assets. Now we're looking at flip, flipping that model, that business model, with as much as 60 to 80% of our predicted revenues over the next five to 10 years being generated in other sources and especially in outpatient or ambulatory space. Um, and this, you know, the, the, the model of hospital without borders, this concept where we're delivering care at your home, whether it's via telehealth or some kind of, you know, um, other services um, that we having an ambulatory site and we are basically where our consumers are is now a prevalent concept. We no longer want to buy basically or acquire or build inpatient beds. We want to be everywhere else other than the hospital because we feel very good about what we do on the inpatient side. So it's really this diversification of where the hospital assets are, where the system rats are, are at. Yes, great inpatient, but much more care every place else as well. Is that sort of a fair statement of it? Absolutely, absolutely. And that's, you know, obviously we are looking at um, of how we're building the path towards it. We are already building uh, a roadmap, uh, and but we're also shifting our resources into delivering uh, the same level of care, the same level of expertise, the same level of quality in all of those non-traditional settings. You know, I think one of their other differences, and you probably heard um, or saw on the news um, the announcement of the seating gift from um, BMO for Rush Institute for Health Equity. You know, during our response um, in pandemic, our connectivity to the community really put more emphasis on health equity, and now it is a cornerstone of our strategy. 
You know, every you know, I don't want to say we dabbled in it or somebody else. It's always been part of what Russia's mission was, but now it's a formally part of our strategy. And um, it's not only you know about making high quality care accessible through all the means we just described. It's it's a part of it. It's really about working alongside the communities that we serve to address the root causes for the poor health. And we saw it through pandemic. You've seen it on the news. You're seeing it now, even through the vaccination rates. The socioeconomic factors that include poverty, educational attainment, and underemployment, we're going to be working with uh, through that institute on trying to eventually eliminate them. I mean, that's kind of that, you know, mission and the goal as well. Thank you. So, so far, we've talked about four things on strategy, the acceleration of telehealth and hospital home, then also the diversification of hospital assets and, and really allocating resources to focus on that diversification. And then finally, an enhanced and greater focus on health equity, which has always been part of the RUSH mission, but just became much more transparent, much more focused, and a bigger focus through the pandemic. And, and, and Tatiana, let me ask you, mm-hmm. Chief Strategy Officer, where are you most focused and what are you most excited about this year? You know, I have to say the potential for incredible new innovative private and public partnerships and the disruptions that come with them. You know, the voice of consumers in managing their health, uh, for me personally, I look at the partnerships, Scott, uh, and I'm sure you can appreciate that. It's like a hack. It's a a fastest route to market to bring um, an expertise of combined you know, assets of combined knowledge. Nobody can do anything alone. And now with the disruption, the focus uh, that COVID put on our broad industry, it really paves that wave to innovation. So you can imagine that I'm incredibly excited about the private industry and all the disruption innovation comes with it. We welcome it. And I believe that we're going to see more of those private-public partnerships going forward. Magnificent. And, and Tatiana, you've had this tremendous professional career. Talk about what advice like you would give to a young emerging woman leader about having a great career. Any, any thoughts on that? Scott, thank you for that question. Um, you know, I would like to answer it twofold. One is what I'm seeing overall from macro perspective, and the second Personally, if I could give any advice, if I'm in a position to give any advice at this point, um, I would I would also mention that at the end. You know, I see that overall impact of COVID on the workforce. Yeah, you know, just reversing. I, I see it as a worrisome trend. It's reversed really progress of what women, I believe, reading from publications made on the workforce. I'm reading that as much as uh, you know, one in four right now professional women are no longer part of the workforce, and it's doubling the rate that we're seeing in men. And stating that they're encouraging trends. One, what I believe that competition for talent, especially diverse talent, is back on. And I see that's heating up over the next 24 months. There is a significant support from the industry and us as leaders for hybrid and more flexible employment models. And I believe that it will benefit uh, most caregivers. And we know from data that caregivers still disproportionately women. So um, I think additionally, the generational shifts that we're seeing over the next five to 10 years in the labor force force provide um, will cause some shortages and will present more opportunities and definitely stretch opportunities for women, including those who are younger in their career. 
So from the timing perspective and kind of macro view, I think conditions are just right for women to enter or continue staying. So I encourage any woman who listens to that podcast, you know, I think it's a great time to be in healthcare. I think it's a great time for women to be in the labor force. And I think last time we had this conversation, we chatted about the importance of seeking and having mentors. And what I wanted to highlight this time is that having sponsors and building the network just as important. Mentors are incredibly important when you're starting your career, and those are lifetime relationships. Once you start progressing, networking, building a very wide network is extremely important. And finding people, women and men, who will sponsor your career, provide you with those stretch opportunities, open some doors, um, you know, nominate you for some of those positions that will become open over the next 12 to 24 months is also very, very important. A hundred percent. And so fascinating thoughts around really three things. The amount of women that have been disadvantaged through the pandemic uh, because of trying to mix just the the increased mix of family and child care responsibilities with work responsibilities and the challenges to, to women professionally during the pandemic. But the flip side being incredible competition coming for that talent, including women of color, women, all kinds of of people, just incredible competition for talent that offsets maybe some of that. And then the third concept is just building a network and this constant effort to build a network socially, professionally, business-wise, and so forth, build that network, find mentors, and so forth. Absolutely. Tatiana, fantastic. Always a great pleasure to visit with you, uh, one of the smartest people in the business at one of the great systems in the country, uh, the Rush University Health System, just magnificent. Tatiana, thank you so much for taking the time to visit with us again today. Thank you very much. Thank you, Scott. Um, It's incredible. Thank you for inviting me back.